Seven kingdom principles for growth. We're going to talk about seven kingdom principles for growth. So, hey, I'm proud of y'all. Some of y'all, uh, some of y'all actually laughed at that. That's pretty, usually y'all don't laugh at my stuff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's in the holiday mood, right? So, Amen. Uh, Thanksgiving. What a wonderful, we have so much to be thankful for. Uh, you know, I'm not really sure what, what challenges you may be facing, but right in the midst of, you know, uh, Ryan was talking about being grateful, having gratitude. You, you, you can't even get into God's yard without gratitude. Psalm chapter 100 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. Before you can praise him in spirit and in truth, you've, you've got to have a heart of gratitude, a heart of thanksgiving. Whose yard are you going to be playing in this week? You're going to be playing in someone's yard, you know? Are you going to be playing in the marketplace yard? Are you going to be playing in your family troubles yard? In other words, what atmosphere are you going to have this week? Choose to hang out in his yard this week. And you do that by, in order to get into his, his gates, if you want to open the gate, the key is thankfulness, gratitude. And uh, what a week to remember to do that. I, I challenge everybody this. I challenge you. First thing in the morning, you want to make sure you're playing in his yard. First thing in the morning before you get out of bed, think of three things to tell him thank you for. And see how this week goes. Just give it a week. Uh, some of y'all remember a, a couple of years ago when everyone said, this is the worst year ever recorded in the history of recording things. Uh, the Lord had me on January 1 start every day. I, would, I, would, I had, a, had a document that I would just add to every day. And he would have me list 10 things that I was thankful for that he's done for me or something about my life to give him gratitude. And at the end of the year, there was 3,650 things that I was like, wow, Lord, you've blessed me. 3,650 ways that I've acknowledged more than that, but those were the ways I've acknowledged. And uh, it, was, it was an incredible year when the rest of the world said, oh, it's horrible. We're never going to get past all this mess. I thought, man, what a wonderful year. And uh, he has to remind me of that sometimes when uh, I get to mumbling and grumbling about things in life. He's like, hey, wait, 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 wait. Let's go back to this list. And I'll have to take a few days and practice that again, practice that, that gratitude what does it do? It opens the door. I get, to get, I get to go back in his yard. It's not fun outside of his yard, <laughs> but, but I like playing in his yard a whole lot more. Amen. Uh, what was that song? I woke up this morning, uh, that old song, uh, and I realized half y'all had never heard all the songs I grew up singing in church. I get that. Uh, was it, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Anyone remember that? Thank you, Lord. For making me whole, thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation, so rich and so free. Amen. Right there, that's three things you can be thankful. We, we just sang three things to be thankful for. Even if that's all you can do is wake up and sing that song. Try it for a week. You get to play in his yard for the whole week. Amen. Seven, seven principles for growth, spiritual growth. Seven kingdom 
principles. There's a lot more principles than seven in the kingdom of God. But these are seven that are active in your life all the time. And, and when you become aware of them and you actually bring them to, to uh, the front of your mind, uh, you, you start understanding how to implement them in your life to where you can grow. You remember the other year, the Lord said, hey, I'm going to grow a church. And we weren't talking about numerics. He was, he was talking about us. We are the church. You are the church. Our gathering, this is not church. This is, a, this is corporate worship and fellowship and, and interaction. This is the pep rally. <laughs> church is all during the week. You're the church. Uh, you didn't come to church. You brought church. And, and so uh, when you become aware of these seven things, we're going to go through them really quick. Uh, uh, this, these are not going to be exhaustive amounts of scripture uh, uh, pertaining to each principle, but it's hopefully just to get the ball rolling for you to maybe pique your interest and give you something to think about and meditate on throughout the week uh, to, to possibly do some more exploration. Uh, 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 some of y'all have some time off, so it'd be a great, great way to start uh, checking into it. So seven kingdom principles for growth. Now I say kingdom because you have been saved and called to be a part of a kingdom. You're not part of, hey, I got saved, so I'm in church. No, you are in a kingdom. And the reason why it's called a kingdom is because we have a king. Christ is not just my savior. He's not just my friend. Though The Bible does call him all those things. But he's also king. And if he is king, that means that I am one of his vassals, servants. I submit to his kingship, or I should at least, to be in a king. So well, wait a minute, I thought we weren't, I, th I thought we were no longer slaves. There's a difference between being a slave and a servant. He, he has set us free from the bonds of spiritual slavery. But now we serve our whole life. We serve him. We, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about that here in a second. So, so as we grow in this principle of submitting to his kingship, these are incredible principles to be able to uh, take place within our life. So here we go. Here's the first one. We're going to go through these really quick today. The principle of possibility. The principle of possibility, or I call it potentiality. Do you realize that when you pray, when you call out to the Lord, that you are calling out to the creator of all things? He is creation himself. He's spoken into existence. Every, our whole existence is in him, the Bible says. And so you actually submit this prayer and it falls into this great sea of possibility, which is him or potentiality. In other words, he has an infinite amount of ways to bring about what's best for you pertaining to that prayer. The problem is that a lot of times we pray and we have this map you know, already planned out for him. Lord, I need you to move in this situation and, and start by doing this, 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 you know. And yet at the same time, he has an infinite amount of ways that he can go about meeting your needs according to the right way. But understand that there's this great principle that when you pray, you're, you are sending that prayer to a vast plain or sea of potentiality. The scripture says, Matthew 19, 26, Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible, but with God, Everything is possible. So what's possible with God? Everything. Everything. What's a thing? Anything. 
<laughs> anything is a thing, right? So everything is possible, right? Philippians 4.13, and I love this because we are, we are in Christ, so for I can do everything. Other translations say all things. I can do everything through Christ. Well, what, what did we just find out everything is? Everything is possible. So it is possible. It is very possible for you to do everything you need to do that he wants you to do today, that he's calling you to do. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. So that means there's always hope. You never have to give up hope. Why? Because everything, everything is possible. What if, is it, what if it doesn't turn out the way I want it to turn out? Then that's, you have to understand that, that in this vast sea of possibility, that sometimes the way you thought it should turn out isn't the best way. And ultimately, all things work for good. Amen? For those who trust him. The second, the second one is, now these are not in, in any particular order per se, so not, one's not necessarily greater than the other one. I just want, want, want us to meditate and think about principles in the kingdom. So this one, the principle of sowing, or I, I call it effluence. Uh, effluence is anything that flows from something. That's, that's kind of the, the, the definition. If, if, if there's a substance that flows from something else, that is effluence, Right? So, so that is part of sowing. Anything you sow, if you constantly give, get into a, a mindset of giving, no matter where you're at, if you're allowing things to flow from you constantly, if, you're, if you get invited over to a friend's house, take something with you, even if it's just a verbal blessing when you get there. If it's a hug, if it's a handshake, if it's a flower you pick on the way there, just make sure the, the homeowner's not there to see you pick the flower, right? <laughs> or whether it's food, whether it's drink, what, whatever it is, I challenge you this week, everyone, everyone you come into contact with, even if it's simple, uh, simply a silent blessing that in your spirit you, you speak over the person. If you're, if you're in a situation that, that, that wouldn't be comfortable for them or not prop, appropriate for them for you to speak and pray right then and there, but even if it's just a sign, whatever it is, constantly be in this mode of giving, sowing. The, the scriptures say this, uh, you know, now we just spent a couple of weeks talking about giving uh, recently, but, and so there's a, tons of uh, a scripture in the word of God about giving. The whole word of God is really about giving <laughs> because that's what Christ, for God so loved, loved uh, the world that he gave his only begotten son. Deuteronomy 16, 16 through 17. All men must appear before the Lord your God at the place he chooses, but they must not appear before the Lord without a gift for him. All must give as they are able according to the blessings given to them by the Lord your God. I want to just talk really about the principle of this. Um, when, when you go before the Lord, have you ever thought about this? This is wonderful. Most people show up to church because, whoo, I need to get to church because I need a blessing, or I need a word, or I need some fellowship, or I need this, I need that. Have you ever thought that when we get together, the Lord's intention is for you to give, to bring something to him? When you show up, when you show up on Sundays, think about what, Lord, what am I supposed to give? Maybe you're supposed to give fellowship. Maybe, maybe your job is to be the, the most encouraging person on the planet. Somebody may need a hero or an encouraging word. Maybe your job is to, Lord, there's someone I'm supposed to pray for today. Who is it? Point them out to me. 
Let me pray with them. What is it that you're supposed to give? Well, I don't know. Ask the Holy Spirit. He'll let you know. So when you go to the Lord, hey, Lord, I just want to give you something. We can give praise to him. We can, we can bring glory. We can bring honor to him. But all must give as they are able. We're all able to give something to the Lord, right? Deuteronomy 15.10, give generously to the poor, not grudgingly. Notice, and this we talked about this for several weeks. Have you noticed this repeated pattern when it comes to not just giving, but living your life? It's really all about the heart. It's not about what you're giving. It's not about, uh, you know, if it's a financial gift, it's not about the financial amount that you're giving. Uh, it's, it's really about your heart, right? He said, don't give grudgingly, for the Lord your God will bless you in everything you do. I love that. Yeah, uh, my, my grandma used to say, you can't outgive God. Whatever you do for him, he's going to bless you even greater. Now, the next principle goes right along with it. This the principle of reaping, or I say receiving. Uh, so, so we have the, the, the principle of sowing, now the principle of reaping. Some of us are, are pretty good at giving. We like to give. It's hard sometimes to be on the, the receiving end, right? It's, it's, uh, sometimes it's a pride issue. And, and yet at the same time, it's, it's very biblical. When you give, the Lord is going to allow you to receive, okay? Uh, here are some principles here. Don't be misled. You cannot mock God. The, uh, mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So what are you sowing this week? Are you sowing something? If, if everything you're sowing has to do with carnality or flesh, earthly things, that doesn't mean it's necessarily evil. It just means it's Fleshy. We become very obsessed with things that ultimately are really temporal. Everything about this earth is constantly in a state of decay, right? You know, the, what's the old adage? You, you know, on the day you were born, you actually start dying. Well, that's technically true. So it's morbid. No, it's not. It's just life. We're, we're not designed to last forever in these bodies, right? Uh, this beautiful building, it's, it's a beautiful building, isn't it? I'm going to point something out to you guys. Some of y'all hadn't even noticed. Now you're not going to see it, right? Look at that crack. We got a crack in here. Why? Well, because we're on good old Texas dirt, right? <laughs> so it's, look at Howard's like, oh, Howard's like, man, I got <laughs> I got to do this. <laughs> now, what does it mean? <laughs> it means, hey, this building isn't brand new anymore, right? And, and if the building goes unattended overall, well, it's not going to take long for things to start falling apart. Same thing with everything. Now, the building is attended. I don't want anyone to, you know, we can all go in each other's homes right out here and find the same thing. Because soil shifts, that's just part of it. Welcome to Texas, right? But the point being, everything that's flesh-oriented or earth-oriented or temporal, it, it's that. It's temporary. It's in, it's, everything is transient. It doesn't last forever. And if that's what you constantly are sowing into, guess what you're going to reap? Just more stuff that's going to decay. But if you are sowing into the kingdom or the spirit, things of the spirit, you're going to reap, it says, uh, a harvest of everlasting life, things that are going to last for eternity in the spirit. Matthew, I love this. Keep on asking 
and you will receive. You're going to sow what you ask for. I love it. It goes back up to uh, uh, Galatians. You will always harvest what you plant, right? You're always going to harvest what you plant. If you, if you sow love, you're going to reap love. If you sow mercy, you're going to reap mercy. You sow financially, you'll reap financially. So you'll always harvest. So here it is. Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. In other words, what you sow. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. Luke 6, 38. Give. <laughs> sow. And you will receive. You're going to receive back. If, if you are a giver in life, in any capacity, you will receive back. Not only that, your gift will return to you in full. Pressed down, shaken together to make room for more. Running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. If you say, ah, I don't, nobody wants to be my friend. I don't have any friends. Well, the Bible says if you want to have friends, show yourself friendly. In other words, you want to, you want to have a... You want to have a friend, be a friend. Why? What happens? You receive friendship back if you sow friendship, right? You'll receive it back. So uh, three principles so far. Possibility, sowing, reaping. The next one I want to talk about is the principle of submission. Principle of submission or least, least effort. That's what I like to call it, least effort. Have you ever noticed uh, uh, God's creation? Uh, creation uses this principle all the time of submission, right? Or it's the least effort. It'll get the job done, but it's, you know, you can say, well, I'm, you know, we, for instance, my, our side yard is artificial turf now, right? And so all the grass that used to be there, you know, they, they pulled that up and said, nope, no more grass. They put all the, you know, packed down a bunch of gravel and dirt, and then they put the artificial turf on it, and now... It's awesome, man. It looks like the Brady Bunch's yard. You remember the Brady Bunch? Always had that artificial turf back in the day. They were pioneers in that, right? <clears throat> so now, it's really, really hard for grass and weeds to try to come up in the middle of it. So it doesn't. But man, it'll, fine, I'll pop up over on the side, <laughs> you know? So I still have to go out and pull weeds and kind of cut down some grass that tries to grow on the side. Why? It's least effort. It's yielded to the fact that, oh, okay, can't do it here. We'll pop up over here. Uh, water. You could put sandbags at your door to try to keep water out of it. At some point, if there's a flood, water's going to find some way to get into your house, isn't it? And the thing about water, water will always flow to the lowest point. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit is compared to water all throughout the Word of God. And the Holy Spirit will, number one, he'll go to the lowest point of your life to fill in gaps. But if you're being led of the Spirit, you'll, <laughs> he'll always lead you sometimes to the lowest point to start getting the job done. So some of you, some of you become frustrated because you, need, you want something to take place in life, and you're hitting this wall, and you're hitting this wall, and you're like, Lord, it's not happening. What am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? And he said, if you'll just submit to me, I'll take you on the, the route of least effort. It may be the long way around but I promise we're going to get there and you'll enjoy the journey and grow from it. Usually that's the biggest trouble that Christians have is full submission to Christ. When you finally just submit your life, uh, you enter into his rest. The Bible says that he who enters into his rest ceases from his own works. All of a sudden think you're still working for the Lord. You're still doing things in life. It just doesn't seem to be 
uh, such a beating anymore. You know what I mean? You can be right in the midst of the fire. You can be right in the middle of the, the lion's den. But he's still taking care of you. Why? It's least effort. And here's, here's some scriptures to back that up. Submit, James 5 and 7. Submit yourselves to God then. Resist the devil and he will flee. Now in the Greek, the interesting thing in the Greek, you, uh, one, one translation for the Greek word for submit is also adapt. So adapt yourself to God. You know, you've had this concept of life. Well, now you're submitting to his kingship. Adapt. So before you, before you try to resist the devil in your life, first you've got to submit to the Lord. Submit to God, Job 22. Submit or adapt to God and be at peace with him. In this way, prosperity will come to you. When you finally just like submit and say, Lord, whatever it is you want, that's what I'll do. Man, it's, it's, uh, that becomes the, the, the law of least effort, right? <laughs> Ephesians 5.21. Now, Paul was actually writing to married couples with this, but we can even apply it to all of us. Submit to one another or adapt to one another out of reverence for the Lord. Isn't that you know, there's a whole group of us that come from all kind of different cultural backgrounds, ethnic backgrounds, church backgrounds. And so there's a lot of room for us to, to not understand each other and butt heads and, and personalities aren't always going to get along. But isn't it wonderful to know that if we'll just adapt to each other, submit to each other out of reverence for him. Say, look, I don't understand the background that he came from, but you know what? He's my brother anyway. I love him. And we're going to work this out. Well, what are you doing? You're submitting. You're adapting. You know, you're not being quite as stubborn as you'd been. <laughs> well, what happens? Hey, it's out of reverence for the Lord. Now we all begin to prosper, right? Everyone still with me? I promise we're going through this. Everyone say turkey. Yeah, look at that. Now that's revival in the room. I can feel it. The principle of faith. The principle of faith. I have to be careful because I can keep you here for weeks. This has been part of my life walk. Or in other words, complete trust. Faith is when, true faith is when you completely Trust him. Completely trust him. Say, Lord, I don't understand you, but I trust you. I don't know why you're doing this, but I trust you, right? Complete trust. Uh, Hebrews 11, which is the, the hall of fame of faith. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Hop down to the sixth verse. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Think about it. It is impossible. Say, well, I just want to please God with my life. Well, in order to do that, you have to completely trust him. Completely trust him. Otherwise, he's not going to be pleased with you. Say, well, I don't want to be mad at him. Well, he's not going to be mad at you. But you want to please him, trust him. It goes all the way back to when he first made the covenant with Abraham. It was like, hey, if you'll trust me, I got all this stuff. I'll take care of you, I promise. And he's still echoing it with us. It is impossible to please God without complete trust or faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe or trust that God exists and that he, I love this, not just that there's a God, but you also have to trust that, man, if you seek him, he's got some reward for you. He's got some incredible rewards for you. Matter of fact, Hebrews 10, Paul was still preaching about it. Uh, prior to even Hebrews 11, he says, so do not throw away this confident trust or this faith in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. The word great there in the Greek is megas, 
which is where we get the word mega. So he's like, don't throw away this confident trust, this complete trust, this faith, because it brings a mega reward with it. God has got something incredible for each and every one of us, and we'll just trust him. I love this. Mark chapter 9, starting with verse 22. This man brought his son to Jesus, who was demon-possessed, and he was asking Jesus for help, right? And he says, the spirit often throws him into the fire or into water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. I love Jesus' response. He said, what do you mean, if I can? Jesus asked. He said, anything is possible if a person believes, if they have complete trust, if they have faith. Now, this goes back to uh, the first principle we talked about, principle of possibility or potentiality. If you want to activate that principle in your life, you got to activate first the principle of faith. You just got to trust them. When you pray and it goes, when your prayer is cast into the sea, great sea of potentiality, trust, trust that he's going to do the right thing. He's going to make the right choice. He's going to bring it about in the right way. Amen. The principle, we got two more, the principle of losing. Say what? The principle of losing. TCU did not have this principle yesterday, Paul. <laughs> they were determined to win the principle of losing. It goes against everything that we're taught in the Western world. Man, you got to win. You got to be a victor. You got to get ahead. The principle of losing, or you can call it detachment. Sometimes you just, you got to let it go. You got to let things go. Not bad things even. Sometimes you just got to let things go. Whew, let go of it. You know, uh, when, when Joseph was uh, sold into slavery in, in Egypt, and, and we, we talked about his story, he becomes the second most powerful person un, under Pharaoh. He's the number two man in, in the whole uh, known world, right? And God's blessed him. Pharaoh gave him an Egyptian name, gave him an, his, his uh, daughter, as a, as a, or the priest, uh, his high priest's daughter marries Joseph. So he's got an Egyptian bride. He's living in Egypt. He's a Hebrew boy. So he, he's got the wrong name, the wrong bride, the wrong house he's serving. He thought he was going to be growing up in his father's house. And he has a son, and he gave him a Hebrew name. And... and uh, it was Manasseh, and that name means God has caused me to forget the pain of my father's house, of losing my father's house. God has, yes, God has caused me to forget uh, the loss of my father's house. That's what it means. In other words, uh, modern vernacular was I had to let it go. And sometimes you just say, you know what, it's, whew, it's a loss, Lord. You take it. I'm letting go of it. And that's some, one of the most powerful positions you can bring yourself, especially if you couple it with faith. Matthew 10, 39 says, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life or if you lose your life for me, you will find it. That's one of the hardest things a lot of modern day Christians deal with. We talked about is that submission, full submission to Christ. If, if you finally get to a point where you say, you know what, Lord, my life is yours. And it may not go the route that I thought it was going to go. It may not be the career path. It may not be the financial path. It may not be the home path. It may not be the location. Whatever it is, it's yours. And whatever you choose for me, I know it's going to be good because you're going to be there with me. 
That's not only faith, that's losing. And if in the kingdom, the crazy thing is, when you lose, you win, right? In other words, sometimes in the kingdom, you've got to miss that field goal <laughs> so that he gets all the glory and you don't, right? Mark eleven twenty four. 24, this, this is a powerful position when you pray. It says, I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, now that's past tense. So, so here's all these tenses right here, right? When you pray, so that's, that's going to be present tense. If you believe, present tense, that you've received it, past tense, it will be yours, future tense. So I can currently pray for something and believe that I've already received it. And I know I will receive it. It's, it's, a, it's a state of heart and mind to get yourself in. If I start bugging Ryan for a piece of gum, right? Because I don't want to get up here and preach with dragon breath, right? So I'm like, Ryan, you got gum, man? And he's like, yeah, I got some gum. Can I have a piece of gum? Okay, yeah, hang on. Wait, wait till after the song. Come on, man, I need some gum. I'm going to be praying. I'm going to be preaching here pretty soon. I bug him, bug him, bug him, right? But if he gives me the gum... Like, fine, here, take the piece of gum. What do I do? I pop it in my mouth? Do I keep bugging them for it? No, why? Because I've already received it. So in other words, I let it go. So there, there comes a time in, in your prayer and in your faith that you can pray and say, Lord, I need you to move in this situation. And I know you're already moving. I'm letting go. I'm losing it. And so I'm going to go about. There's plenty of scriptures that say, trust God, and then it follows up with, and do good. Trust God and do good. In other words, you trust him, and then you go do good. In other words, you just you act in faith. Hey, Lord, you're taking care of that. I'm letting go of it. I'm going to go be a blessing to someone else. That's what this is talking about. When you pray, believe that you received it. You know, doesn't mean you can't talk to the Lord about it again when you pray, but it's, it's a, it's a mindset and heart set of, Hey Lord, I'm letting it go. Cause I know you've got it. I know you're going to move on my behalf. Finally, the principle of purpose or your calling the principle of purpose. Some folks say, I, you know, I don't know what my calling is. You know, well, well, chances are you're already in the middle of your calling. You're already in the middle of your purpose. Chances are you're doing some form of it right now. You're just not aware of it. It hadn't dawned on you. And I'll say this. Uh, I've never met a believer who found their purpose by just sitting around. <laughs> you know, a lot of folks sit there and say, well, hey, look, you know, I don't even know what my call or my purpose is, so I'm just going to sit here until God finally reveals it. Usually you find your purpose and your calling by doing stuff. Not only that, you find out what your calling and purpose is not, too. And that can be very powerful. There's nothing wrong with that. You say, okay, well, hey, I'm going to sign up. I'm going to go serve over here. And then you're in the middle of serving over there, and you're like, ooh, this is not for me. Definitely not for me. Okay, well, then you move on. What's the next thing? But usually you learn something about yourself until finally the picture starts broadening up, and you realize, wait a minute, you know what? I think, I think this is my gift. I could really do this. I could really be effective. 
So, but I promise you, every single one of you have a purpose and every single one of you have a calling. Otherwise, you wouldn't be saved right now. Romans, actually, let's, yeah, here we go. I added another one there, so. Romans 8, 27, 28. And the Father who knows all hearts knows that the Spirit is saying, what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. So the Holy Spirit that you are filled with is actually working and pleading to line you up with the will of God, okay? And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So I was just a lost sinner, so God saved me. No, he saved you because he had a plan for you. He already knew what he wanted you to do, and he already knew who you were supposed to be. Job 42, 2. I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. I love that. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. I, I talk to people all the time and say, Dave, you don't understand. Man, I've messed up so bad in, in, in life. I think I've pretty much blown God's purpose up in my life. I've I, I pretty much ruined whatever his plans were for me. Stop flattering yourself. You're not that powerful. You can't blow up God's purpose. Matter of fact, he'll use, he'll use some of your knucklehead seasons uh, to help you grow so that you can fulfill his purpose even more. Proverbs 16, 4, the Lord has made everything for his own purposes, even the wicked for a day of disaster. He has made you, because you're part of everything, he has made you for a purpose. You have a purpose, I promise you that. And so I don't know what it is. Awesome, we've all been there. And some days we're all there still. Keep walking, keep searching, keep finding. Why? Because the law of receiving, the, the, the principle of receiving. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door is going to be open. Right? So, this week, as you're preparing for a lot of scrumptious food, I challenge and, and encourage you, meditate on these seven kingdom principles for growth. The principle of possibility, sowing, reaping, submission, faith, losing, and purpose. Let's all stand. We're going to ask the musicians to come. Father, we love you. You're an absolutely amazing God. Thank you, Jesus, for your kingship, for your royalty. Thank you that we are seated with you in heavenly places, that we are joint heirs. Uh, thank you that your purpose and your principles and your laws are constantly at work in our life, whether we are aware of it or not. Yeah, they're there. Help us to be more like you. Help us to shine bright. Help us to reflect you in a greater way this week. Help us to truly be the church and help us to be thankful with a heart of gratitude this whole week. That way we can play in your yard. We can get into your gates. Help us to press into your courts with praise and come boldly before the throne of grace. Thank you for everything you've done for us, Lord. And we praise you in Jesus' name.